Hello, my name is Adam Eason and welcome to episode 85 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello, Hypnosis friends, and a very, very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a glitz and glamour sequined show lined up for you today. Um, Since my quick disclaimer, since my children have been back at school for the past three weeks, just under, um, I've loved being involved in so much of their development and schooling and everything else. You know, the reading, the spelling, the writing, the junk modelling, the ironing of their school uniforms and much more besides. They have thanked me earnestly. They've rewarded me um, um, for all that effort invested by bringing home knits. Yes, head lice, uh, along with tummy bugs and the first cold and flu bug of the season. So excuse me sounding a tad nasally this week. In a short while, I'll be sharing with you this week's interview with my guest Camilla Saker Dallarup. Then we'll have this week's hypnosis in the news stories, examining the media where hypnosis is featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the ways hypnosis is portrayed in the media and also comment on some of the content of those media stories. We then return with our professional discussion with my guest Camilla Dallarup. We'll be talking about her work focusing on the theme of reinvention and, and reinventing oneself. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub, and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. That's just hypnosisweekly with a hyphen in the middle, .com. You can add your thoughts, comments, make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, please do go give us a favourable rating and even a review at iTunes. I'll be your BF if you do and it takes just a couple of seconds a couple of clicks just to give us a favorable rating and it's so good for us so um, um, please do that so let's move on Um, first of all today is this week's interview with Camilla Saker Dallarup Um, you know right now I want to be stood up I want to be clapping in time with a gentle hip thrust and toe tap while belting out the strictly come dancing theme tune I want to 
but I chose not to, simply because that's not who my guest is anymore, as you're going to hear. You may recall that a few episodes back, I commented upon an article that Camilla had written in a major national newspaper, and I started following her social media feeds. I really enjoyed what I was reading, and I thought she'd make an excellent guest on the show, so I got in touch with her, and she took some time out from her current tour and highly busy schedule to come and talk to me about life as a hypnotherapist and the process by which she reinvented herself and and now helps others to do the same. For those of you that are unaware, and as you're going to find out in a bit more detail shortly, Camilla was a professional dancer who dedicated most of her life to training as a professional sportswoman does and competing as a world-class dancer. She was a professional dancer on TV's Strictly Come Dancing and she won the show back in 2008 with her partner of the time, um, actor Tom Chambers. She's had an incredible career. She's been involved with all kinds of TV projects and has acted too. Today, She's a qualified hypnotherapist and she runs popular self-hypnosis and meditation classes at her home in LA. She coaches and she's also a motivational speaker. Now, despite the glitz and glamour of her former career and her high profile, um, um, she's very down to earth and grounded. Um, and, it reson- and, and that resonates with me wonderfully. She, she speaks and writes a lot of sense and is certainly a long way away from some of the seeming, seemingly out of touch celebrities that sometimes offer personal development um, that you tend to come across in the media. I mean, I'd probably have to politely pass up on Gwyneth Paltrow if she got in touch and asked if she could come on the show. You know, anyone who sells spray-on psychic vampire repellent and markets it as a form of female empowerment has probably become too left field for even my all-embracing hypnosis podcast, right? Now, Camilla speaks a lot of sense. She's doing a lot of good out there. I really like her. What's more, she could quite easily have sidestepped this podcast. Like I said earlier, she's in the middle of a tour, doing TV appearances, speaking at live events, running seminars, doing evenings with Ian Waite, and loads of other media appearances, you know. And what's more, she had a bit of a bug when her and I spoke. Though, you know, that doesn't come across. You can't tell it. You know, she she communicates with verve and vigour. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate how great it is is to have people with a profile um, such as her speaking with and using hypnosis and hypnotherapy in the world and that's great news for this beloved field of ours right now her and I are going to speak about reinvention later on in the show and there's some wonderful insight and learning for you all to be had um, um, then but first of all I interview Camilla all about hypnosis and her so for now get comfy my friends turn up the volume sip on your tea enjoy this week's interview So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome to Hypnosis Weekly the one and only Camilla Seker-Dalarup. Camilla, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Hi, Adam. Thank you. So, so you know, for, 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 for those kind of few people who perhaps don't recognise your name, um, um, can you tell us a little bit ab- about your background, about how you got into this field and how you've arrived at where you are now? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I spent, uh, I call it a lifetime uh, as an athlete dancing my, my way through the world, uh, yeah. including on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. I, I basically danced, uh, I learned to dance and walk at the same time at two and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
then I uh, I carried on. Uh, you know, I saw the world with my dancing. Uh, I was, you know, top 12 in the world. I was lucky enough to be one of the first original cast dancers on Strictly Come Dancing. And I think, uh, obviously, some people know winning the trophy in 2008. Yeah. However, through my time as a dancer, um, ever since I was, I, I mean, honestly, since I remember as a teenager, I was... Um, really fascinated by the mind and the power of the mind. And I was lucky enough at 13, and this was a, a dance coach that really sort of changed my, my, my view on how to do sports, if that makes sense. At 13 yeah. years old, I had a Norwegian uh, coach who came from the cycling background, and um, he taught me how to visualize. I mean, now that I look back, really what he taught me was how to also meditate. But he didn't say that because I probably at 13 would have said, that just sounds terribly dull and I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> he said, um, if I couldn't um, do a step and I was sort of getting into this sort of cycle of doing it wrong, he would say, okay, stop, which obviously was breaking the cycle. He would ask me to go sit down and then start to uh, tune into my breath and to visualize it going right. And he mm. said, when you visualize it going right 10 times, you can come back to the dance floor. Well, that sometimes took quite a, a long time because yeah. it's so easy to imagine it going wrong. Uh, however, that was my first insight to how the mind can be powerful because we had some really good results working with this coach. And so it really opened and broadened my mind. And then we were lucky in Denmark to work with um, amazing sports psychologists through the sports system. If you're in, in your top sort of three in the country, you get a lot of support. Great. And again, I use some of those tools to this day. So the whole getting into the mind and, and power of the mind and, and knowing how powerful it is really was, was something that I learned in my teens. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, you know, you know, since you since you sort of sort of changed changed your career um, um, a little bit, one of the things that you've done is is is, is become a hypnotherapist among um, amongst a, a wide number of things that that, that yeah. I've really enjoyed following and reading about. Um, um, just just give me a little bit of an idea. You know, where where are you at with with hypnosis? How do you how do you explain it to to, to people that, um, that that follow you and follow your work, um, um, or to clients? Um, 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 do you define it in any way? And, and how you how have you arrived at that? Well, yeah. So I think really um, through the dancing that prepared me for that, and I. I really tell it in a kind of personal way. We would, um, I have a very good example that uh, I like to use where it's um, at a one stage in our career, at a very important competition, we had really prepared massively in every way I could imagine, except that particular competition I had lacked to prepare my mind. And so when I arrived at this competition, physically fit, I'd eaten the right things, you know, I was, I was strong, everything. My mind was playing tricks on me. It was remembering that a year earlier I had had not such a good experience at that competition and actually not gotten to the result and performed in the way that I really wanted to. So, I, I mean, I actually think this competition was one of my, my biggest and best lessons because I was not mentally prepared. So there was that little voice of doubt is how I like to explain our subconscious mind, you know, and how hypnosis can be helpful. The little the voice of doubt going, mm, are you sure you're ready? Because last year, you know, you didn't actually perform anything like what you've been doing at rehearsals. Um, you didn't get a great result. And, you know, when people come up and say things like, oh, you, you look a little bit tired. You guys have been traveling a lot. You know, little <laughs> comments like that, which is great to hear at a competition. You know, that would just fuel that kind of gosh, yeah, maybe I'm not prepared. And so 
if you are mentally prepared, what obviously I, I why I'm such a big advocate for the self hypnosis and for hypnosis is that it, you know there that doubt will not be there because you have prepared for all of those scenarios and you don't let the old patterns or the old um you don't let the old stories um affect you in that way you you yeah. kind of you come from a neutral place i feel yeah 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 um, um one of the things that i've really liked about about you know reading a lot of the a lot of your output um um is that the kind of platform that you have and the the audience that you have and so on um um you know, sometimes I find myself tutting in a corner um, when I read kind of celebrity endorsements of certain things and so on. But, you know, every time I read some of the stuff that, that, that you've that you've put out there and articles that you've written and, you know, major magazines, major publications, it always has made a lot of sense to me. And I've always thought, you know, good on you, Camilla. You know, there's there's a lot of sense there. There's a lot of sound grounding. And I'm guessing that that a lot of that that kind of sense comes from you know the Norwegian coach you were speaking about the Danish sports psychologist. Could you yeah. give us an idea of some of some of your other major influences in these fields, perhaps books or authors or teachers that have been most influential upon you and the reasons why? Sure, I appreciate that, Adam. Because one of the things that I really um, I, I really wanted to be a motivational speaker since I was I think eighteen years old. Yeah. But I kind of thought back then well, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> so I, I, I always say I, I took a really big detour to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And because I feel that to be authentic, uh, which is important to me, uh, it, and to really talk about this from a place of, of knowing and having felt it on my own body is that I needed to know how these tools worked in, um, in situations where I was under pressure. And that's so anything that you hear me say is because I have used these tools. I don't use anything that I haven't uh, used myself. Mm. Through my time, of course, I was listening to you know uh, Tony Robbins. I was using. I was listening to Paul McKenna. Um, you know, Paul McKenna's CDs back in the day were really helpful at a time in my life where I really yeah. needed that because sometimes you can't get to a coach. Sometimes you you don't maybe have the money to to go go to a coach, and so all of these uh, materials that they had available back then were really helpful to me. Um, I think a book like the Celestine Prophecy. I always say this with a slight weird Danish accent. So <laughs> is it Stein or Celestine? I don't know, but it's Celestine Celestine Prophecy. I don't yeah, know. I always call it the Celestine Prophecy. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Yes, the accent it gets me sometimes. Uh, so um, that for me changed my life. Um, completely I actually really changed my life and I will never forget reading that book for the first time because I it's sort of what what I took away from it was that we all have messages to share yeah so yeah. I never just think oh I'm sat next to this person there's no reason why I'm sat next to I always think oh so I wonder what information I will be sharing or exchanging with this person today and really that outlook on life has has led me to so many uh, places in the in my life, including teaching meditation at um, Unplugged Meditation and doing my first hypnosis class there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, teaching it because somebody just said, "Camilla, I think you'll really like that place." Now, if you don't open yourself up to exchanging these messages, there's so many things you may never come across. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you, you mentioned you mentioned the hypnosis classes, um, um, and, and you've spoken a little bit about about some of your your experiences over the years. Um, um, could you share with us perhaps one of the most one of the more impressive applications of hypnosis that you've witnessed, either from from your, your own kind of self experience, um, some of the some of the self applications you spoke about, or, or something that you've done or working with another individual? 
Yeah, I mean, I always think um, addiction is this one that blows me away every yeah. time, <laughs> really, because somebody can literally come in having had their last cigarette outside the office <laughs> and, you know, going, right, I'm ready. And then leave and check in six months later going, I haven't smoked since. Equally, yeah. there are people who are not quite ready and therefore that might not happen. But those times where it's happened has just been, I, I just, I'm blown away. Extraordinary. Yeah. And drink as well. You know, when people really decide this is it, give me that little bit of help here with my subconscious mind, bring it up to the conscious. I, I find that absolutely extraordinary. Um one of the classes that I started doing uh, at Unplug, and it, this is a pure meditation studio, there's nothing but meditation, mm. until a few years ago, ago when I begged the owner to let me have just one off, one confidence uh, class, for uh, one uh, hypnosis class for confidence. And since then, we've had many hypnosis classes there. Um, but I just, I love to... To just, people have that confidence within, but sometimes we don't tap into it, if that makes sense. Or we're scared yeah. of going through the uncomfortableness to get there or whatever. And and I just love that. It's one of my favorite things to share because yeah. I see them skip out of the room just a little bit braver thinking, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that kind of stuff. You know, um, um, we're going to be speaking a little bit later on about this notion of, of reinvention. Um, um, you know, w w when you were going through some of your, some of your own reinvention, if you like, when, when you started out um, um, as, a, as, as a professional that was using um, and the mindfulness and the, the hypnosis and so on, no, knowing some of the stuff that you know now, um, um, a few years into that, that, that development, that reinvention, is there anything, you know, looking back upon that time, is there anything you'd do differently? If so, if so, what is there any advice that that person that you are today would give that younger version of you that you'd, that you'd share with, 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 with the hypnosis professionals that are listening here today? Well, I don't know if this is the answer that you're looking for, but this is what comes to mind because I was somebody who used these tools to succeed in, in my career right, for yeah. so many years. I mean, I was just that I I'd identified myself with being a dancer, a, a an athlete. And for so many years, I used them in that way. And it took me years to realize that, hang on a minute, I can use all of these beautiful tools to also make myself uh, content and happy and whole within. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose if I could, if I was going to go back to my sort of mid twenties, I would, I would let myself, I would tell myself, you know, you know, all those tools that you use in your sport were used them within too, because it wasn't until my thirties that I realized that, you know? Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Now um, um, we're going to be, we're going to be discussing, um, like I just said, um, um, your, your book, Reinvent Me, this, this entire notion of, of reinvention. Um, um, just for now, um, where can people go to learn more about your work, your publications, your approach and everything else? Okay, my website is zenme.tv, as in being zen. Yeah, zenme.tv. There will be a link to uh, Camilla's website, zenme.tv, um, over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Um, for now, Camilla, thank you. We will be back with Camilla Seikadalarup in just a few minutes' time. Stay tuned. <music> Uh, 
I really enjoyed that. More from Camilla in a short while. On to this week's hypnosis in the news then. This week I'm citing just two stories that are quite different from each other that are featured in the media, in the mainstream media in this past week. Uh, The first story is entitled um, How Virtual Reality Therapy Helped Me Face My Fear of Being Trapped. And this is a story that featured in the Metro newspaper but originated on the Mentally Yours podcast whereby a lady by the name of Rochelle Bisson um, talks about how she overcame claythrophobia, this is the fear of being trapped, um, using virtual reality therapy. Now describing the process, Rochelle said, I will quote her, it's a kind of combination of different therapies with the use of virtual reality. So there are elements of CBT, there are also elements of hypnotherapy, which I also hadn't tried before. I think I was more scared about that than the virtual reality part. Um, Well, I mean, similar to some of the points that I've raised here before on the show, it's a shame that she was scared of hypnotherapy before uh, even dealing with her sighted fear. And I guess that may be because of some of the misleading image uh, um, um, that that, that hypnotherapy has in a way that it's often portrayed. And with good quality education about what it actually is, how it functions, her fear should have become excitement and positive expectancy. Anyway, I'm digressing. She goes on to say the following. You basically put on what is a normal VR headset that you could buy on the high street and a phone. She added, it is essentially um, putting you in the situation where you're scared. That's where your fear is and you have your headphones on, the therapist can speak to you through the headphones and you get guided through a situation where your fear would be triggered and your anxiety would be triggered. So in my case, you go down the stairs and the train station through the barrier and you go on the platform and then get into the train and then the train breaks down and you have to learn to deal with with it with the help of your therapist. So my therapist would feed me breathing techniques through the headphones and other things to try to calm me down. I think the theory is that when you have a backup option, you can just step out. You can take off the headset, but you can learn the techniques while your anxiety is triggered. That ends her quote. So, so you know, basically, this is classic systematic desensitization, you know, classic exposure therapy in principle. I got a little bit excited when I was reading about this because its application tends to sort of, you know, you, it's difficult to put your finger on it. It sort of lies somewhere between in vivo and in vitro, doesn't it? It's not fully real life behavioral exposure, but it's also not the kind of imaginal exposure that we use in hypnotherapy um, that I often even refer to. As, as being like virtual reality. I like how virtual reality technology is being used this way and I'm certain that hypnotherapy would advance this approach and it makes a lot of sense to me that they're being used in conjunction here. I so wish I had the time to go and research this further and and to have a stronger opinion on it and its applications and, and understand the theoretical underpinnings which seem like a great fit for much of what we do as hypnotherapists. Okay, uh, the next story to feature uh, far and wide in the news this week um, is entitled Hypnotherapist's Call to Bipolar Presenter Ian Payne Left Listeners Amazed. Um, um, and this is a story on the popular LBC radio um, um, radio uh, um, um, channel whereby um, um, 
a guy called in, a hypnotherapist called in. Now, now, before I offer my personal commentary on this particular story, I just want to say bravo to the hypnotherapist who features in this story for having the balls to get in touch with a live radio show and talk so confidently and assuredly about what he does and to share his passion for the field of hypnotherapy. And I truly love that about the guy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just going to read from the LBC radio website, okay? A hypnotherapist has claimed he provides a solid cure to anxiety and panic attacks, saying he's never had anyone in his chair who hasn't been cured. Now, that's the first sentence. And, you know, I, I was like, ah, what, really? Firstly, you know, I mean, you're on some icy ground when you use the word cured as a hypnotherapist, you know, as a therapist of any kind, we need to offer up professionalism in that regard and, and some, some healthy caution. But secondly, and probably, you know, just as important, is, is it professional, even ethical, to make a claim of a 100% success rate when it comes to anxiety disorders? Do they really just switch off like that in the therapy chair? You know, I've worked with a great many individuals in my 20 years of professional practice. I've researched the field very robustly, lectured on the topic around the world and examined the evidence for using hypnotherapy and related approaches with anxiety and panic attacks. And I've worked closely with the Mind Charity, the Mental Health Foundation, and I featured on specialist clinics collaborating with NHS Choices here in the UK, examining anxiety related issues. And you know, as far as that experience has shown me, there's nothing that can ethically claim to have a 100% success rate in this regard. And no therapist that I've encountered who has truly been able to solidly prove and strongly evidence that every single person that they've worked with has been cured. Um, have all of his clients been systematically and impartially, you know, independently followed up six months, 12 months and 18 months after the sessions with him to be able to support this, this grand statement that he's made? And I probably sound rather pedantic to some of you, but it's these kinds of statements that tend to create myth and misconception and harm the credibility to our field. The article continues anyway. Harley Street-based hypnotherapist Neil Drew called Ian and insisted, I don't think it will help, I know it will. Now, again, you know, I love this confidence, I really do. The article goes on to say, Neil Drew said that by taking him right back to its origins, they were able to identify the source of anxiety. He spoke about how the brain files things which have hurt or scared us and operates by giving us a feeling. Now, I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, this is a majorly flawed concept. The brain does not store or file anything, you know. I mean, it's kind of nominalized something, a process. You know, memories are not things that are stored. Science has proven this over and over. Memory is reconstructed. Memory is a process. Memories are actually processes of, of reconstructing what we what we think happened through the filter of the person that we are today memories they're not things this is what makes memory so fallible you know and all you regular listeners will know that i've talked about it often using hypnosis to so-called retrieve memories as a means of therapy is potentially problematic even dangerous um, um you know when you look at some of the, the the biggest litigation cases um um in psychiatric history they're all about you know um, um creation of false memory and so on and, and the way in which hypnosis can contribute that to that. Um, um, what's more, this approach is massively lacking in evidence, despite its popularity. You know, it's incredibly popular. 
the evidence base for regression is poor and the case for not using it is pretty strong. You know, it's quite damning. Yet this is the kind of thing that remains at the heart of so many hypnotherapy trainings. If you're going to teach subject matter, you know, this kind of subject matter, at least offer up the case, the case against it too, and then let people choose whether it's really appropriate to use it and weigh up the case and apply some, some really common sense. You know, I'm not convinced that our brave and brazen hypnotherapist here on the live radio really knew any better. Anyhow, links to both of these stories are given over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Next up, we have this week's professional discussion. Um, I welcome back Camilla Dallarup. As you heard earlier, Camilla was a world-renowned dancer, TV star, and much more besides. Yet she made a major decision to step away from all of that, and she has since successfully reinvented herself, her life, and her career. And, you know, I'm delighted about that because it means I get to talk to her, and I get to tell my wife and my daughter, who are the biggest fans of that TV show, um, um, that I'm talking to former star and so on. But doing such a thing as, as this reinvention that, 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 that she did so successfully, it's not necessarily easy. You know, it takes a lot of courage, firstly, and, and you know, an, an application of a wide number of different psychological processes. The idea of reinventing oneself can feel fill some people with fear. Um, despite not being entirely happy with who or where we are in life, some people don't even know, you know, wouldn't know where to start in order to reinvent who they are. And also would suffer from a lack of courage with regards to doing it too. You know, it can make us feel vulnerable. So Camilla and I talk about her process of reinventing oneself. And there's loads for hypnotherapists in particular to take away from this. So here is this week's professional discussion with Camilla Seker-Dallarup. Enjoy. So I'm now back with Camilla Seker-Dallarup. And we're going to be talking about... Um, um, not just her new book, but that, but that some of the premise within um, um, that, which is which is all about reinventing oneself. Um, um, Camilla, welcome back. First of all, just just give us a little bit of uh, of understanding about the motivation behind the book and and how it came to be. You know, your your book, Reinvent Me. Yeah. Well, basically, um, I was somebody who was completely identifying myself with being a dancer. I mean, to the point that people would introduce me at parties as, oh, this is Camilla the dancer. <laughs> yeah. um, which was at, at some point was fine until the moment it wasn't. And until the moment I'll be introduced and thinking, well, I'm not really Camilla the dancer. Like, I'm, just, I'm just Camilla. You know, this is like yeah. weird now. So something within was not aligned anymore. Um, and I was doing this job that obviously seemingly from the outside was absolutely perfect and a dream job. And it was, I mean, you know, for years, but suddenly it wasn't uh, as a dancer on Street Come Dancing. And um, I just started to feel quite not aligned, unhappy, lost, stuck, which I've often, I've spoken to so many people and clients since feeling the same way that suddenly we can love something for 20 years or whatever. And then suddenly is like, what is this? Like, this is not aligned with me anymore. So yeah. I um, left the show and decided to go on this, re I call it reinvention journey because really I turned myself inside out. Um, it was reinvention in so many ways of making changes within, both within and outside. Um, so for me, it was many things. It was changing the my, my career. It was... Um, 
finding balance in my life. It was finding peace within. Uh, It was at at one point, obviously, moving countries. It was just really like a complete reinvention of myself. Uh, And so that once I'd done all of that and I felt content in my life, I obviously saw more and more clients who were going through similar similar things. And I thought, why don't I just put all of these principles down in a book? Because there are people, like I, I mentioned earlier, in the world who will be far away from a coach or not know where to start or feel stuck or lost and, and may, may need this guidance. And so I thought maybe this, this uh, eight-step program can serve in some way. And that was really my motivation to writing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, a, a lot of people, you, you mentioned um, um, in, in our interview section earlier on in the show, you know, you mentioned this notion of authenticity. And a lot of people talk about the value of authenticity these days. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm just interested where that fits in with the notion of reinvention. You know, when we talk about reinventing ourselves, does this still fit in with the notion of being being ourselves and being true to ourselves? Well, it's so funny because I, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> because by reinventing myself, as in moving from one area to another, I have completely actually beca- become more me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm totally me now. I know, ev- I know what I stand for. I know who I am more than I ever did before. So by reinventing my life, I mean I've made changes. I have... Getting rid, of, I've got rid of habits and behaviors that I was not really that happy with anymore, not aligned with. Um, I've become uh, more patient, which was something that I really wanted to become more patient, more calm, less reactive to things, more, uh, more uh, even disciplined in some way yeah. with, with with the things that I enjoy. Honestly, if you asked me ten years ago would you like to write a book? I'll be like, yeah, but I don't think I'd be able to sit still to do it. You know, <laughs> so that's been sort of by in this reinvention, I've really come home to who I actually truly am. Yeah. So reinventing as a word, just meaning coming home really is yeah. what I'm saying. I like that. Yeah. 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 And, and when we talk about, when we talk about reinventing ourselves, you know, does that, does that always mean, you know, having a complete change, almost like the kind of life overhaul that that that, that, that you've been through. Um, I'm, I'm, no. Or, but can it also <laughs> no, can it also mean reinventing the way you do things within your kind of existing life and role too? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So basically, reinvent the actual word in on in the title is an acronym for the eight steps. So mm. you've got recognize and ego. Innovation now visualize evolve nurture now if we just jump down to and then transformation if we just jump to nurture That's one that I'm fascinated by because I have seen um, By making a little reinvention in your life for example Some people come to me sometimes and they're really like bored in their lives and they don't know why they've gotten into this sort of just drum roll of doing things yeah. and um, And then suddenly they realized that there was a passion they had maybe 10 years earlier of 30 years earlier, let's say uh, sewing, right? Because there's a good story. Somebody sat next to, my, to me on a plane once and told me this story. She wanted to go back to the sewing. Yeah. So she, she took up a couple of classes a week doing something she loved. And by just doing that, it sort of sparked a, an excitement within. She was like, yeah. this is fun. Like this, and, and it let out that fun within. So let, let's say the people around her thought she was pretty dull, right? Pretty boring at that time because she was not happy. Mm. But igniting that kind of fun again and going, I like this creating. Um, what journey does that then take you on? What else do you then change? How do you change in your life with the people around you? Do you then become that more fun person again? 
So that's just reinventing in that moment as in saying, I've become a little bit stuck and boring here because I feel bored. And I feel maybe, you know, everything is a little like automatic now. I'm just go up or go to work or do this. But just by inviting in whether that's song or dance or sewing or gardening or cooking, something that is your thing can really make changes on a bigger scale. You can be more fun for yourself and for other people. Yeah. You know, and the way that this specific lady I just that came to mind that brought this sewing into her life ended up leaving her very high paid job to create a brand new business that and her items now are selling worldwide. Wow. So wow. I'm just saying, you know, when we suddenly allow ourselves to ignite these these passions and, 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 and interests we have, which is our true callings often within. Yeah. We, we never know what journey we're going to go on. Do you know, I'm just going to share this with you because it yeah, actually took me, it took me back today. Uh, I got married uh, uh, I got married um, seven years ago and there was a lovely lady who used to be uh, the cast member of Hollyoaks with my husband. Uh, she was at my wedding and at that point, none of us would know that we were going to go on and write books in the self-help area, really. I mean, we, we were probably thinking about it and maybe dreaming, but we had never had a conversation this morning, I woke up to a picture from my husband. He'd been to Barnes & Noble across the road and took a picture of the bookshelf in Barnes & Noble in the States, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And there is my book to the left and her book to the right, right on the same shelf. Wow. And I just think, you know, what we both did was that we started writing something about something that we were passionate about, we thought could help other people. Yeah. yeah that's it. And suddenly, there we are. I yeah. mean, it's... It's spooky in that way, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it is, but and it's lovely, you know. And and I think I think as well, you know, that there's some really there's some really major value there for for hypnotherapists that are listening, for example, that that perhaps you know that they found their calling in 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 hypnotherapy, but perhaps might benefit from reinventing the way in which they. They they that they, they turn up or that they show up each day or might benefit from reinventing their their approach and the way in oh, which Adam, they, they. Please, can I add to that. Sorry yeah. to, to no, interrupt. No, please do. I I missed by saying that I missed something very very important to that story. The lady who is now selling worldwide, exactly what you just said. She took the sewing, which was her passion, and guess what? Mix it with the other passion of hers, which is marathon running. And the clothing she creates is specifically for runners. Oh, wow. So you're so bang on about that. I think that is what makes everybody unique by taking, and especially for practitioners, you know, what is that thing that makes you, you? You know, for me, it's, it was my, my dancing, my pushing myself over my limits, you know, that having tried it and tested it in that kind of competitive situation. For other people, it could be the love or passion for something else it could be an illness that's turned into a positive thing that can help other people a breakup whatever it is that makes it unique i, I agree with you that's amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I love hearing that and i think that you know people that, that that have already perhaps found a field can can again you know find ways and and, and their passions and their loves and and, and reinvent and and bring it to life um, um a, a bit more um totally. Um, Camilla, would you mind sharing or, or are there some, you know, you mentioned some of these sort of central themes and, and, and the kind of structure um, yeah. um, 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 to your reinvent me process. Are there some, yeah. is there a central theme or, or, or themes to, to that approach, which you think, you know, hypnosis professionals, hypnotherapists that tune in regularly to the show would, would benefit from, from knowing about with regards to either their clients or, or, or even with themselves in some of the ways we've, we've sort of touched upon? 
I mean, I'm sure that they, they know all of this already, but he never heard to hear it once again, right? No, I mean, no, absolutely. For me, ego. Ego really is, what I'm, is my chapter two I talk uh, about, and I'm passionate about that because I think ego can so easily get in our way in so many ways it, as, a, as relationships. Egos can get in the way, but egos can also get in our way of moving forward because... Um, to go back to the drawing board sometimes and say, this is not quite working. I need to seriously get out of my own way. And just like you said, how can I how can I shape this or change this in a different way to really catapult forward? And um, again, this comes back to the Celestine prophecy. The other day I sat next to somebody on the plane. We had an amazing conversation. And this person basically summed up one of the things that I am so uh, passionate about. And that is, I call it, sometimes we have to scale back to scale forward and this can be scary to do if we are used to a certain um, way of life, a certain income, a comfortableness of life and this person next to me uh, is doing very well in his life because he at one point decided to take a job that was really not well paid compared to his level of expertise mm. but he wanted to do it because it was fun he felt he could learn something and he also felt he could provide something to that job and it's completely you know, added something completely new to his uh, life. And I just think to admit at some point that I've had to do that. I've had to go and do many free talks and things. And I know people will think, oh, well, Camilla, she worked in the media. It's, it was easy for her to reinvent. Actually, it wasn't because I was so known for being the dancer that I had to convince every single person that I met along my journey that actually I do this now. And I remember going into a corporate business and the CEO saying to me, you do know whilst you're coaching all my uh, employees, you're going to have to convince them one by one that you are an expert. And I said, I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but by being okay, by not having an ego that goes, well, excuse me, like, you know, I'm an expert. Like, just let that go and just think, I'm okay to be starting out here and to kind of scale back so that one day I can really scale forward and share my knowledge in a new way. I think that's huge. Ego, um, we we are all guilty of it at times, I'm sure, but it's one that we can we can have a, a pretty dance with once in a while, and and really, if we get that out of the way, we can we can go forward in so many ways. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I really appreciate hearing that from you. You know, I really appreciate the the the, the humility that comes from 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 having to to to, to reestablish yourself with a degree of expertise. You know, you know, I. I I'll be really honest with you, okay? My wife's and my daughter's favourite TV show, Strictly Come Dancing, <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's every kind of um, 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 every kind of, of, of level of effort and energy that I've had to not keep saying, you know, not keep referring, not keep asking you stuff about that. And, and, and I'm guessing when it's been so dominant and you've been so much in a public eye, you know, yeah. you know that that reinventing yourself as you have done you know, will absolutely have taken, you know, you know, some, you know, having to put the ego to one side in that way and having yeah. been absolutely at the top of the game to yeah. then to then start somewhere else and start building from there. And it's saying no, to, it was learning to say no to things that would immediately draw me back into the dancing too, to be very yeah. careful. Yeah, I bet. And, um, and theatres and pantomimes and things that I, I was great fun, but I had to actually make that conscious decision and say no to money as well to say, okay, that's great. 
uh, that would be great to do that. But actually, it's if I really ask myself, and this is something I've taken away from Oprah when you talk about inspiration. Um, Oprah uh, Winfrey, in her book, uh, What I Know For Sure, she yeah. talks about this. And she says, when you ask yourself, when a job comes in, right, via email or phone or whatever, and, and you really truly ask yourself, Am I jumping up and down inside with joy and going, yay? I mean, even when, even without knowing if you're going to get paid, right? Yeah. You just know that feeling where you're yeah. like, like when you emailed me, I was like, like this guy, right? Then I listened to your podcast, like, yep, we'll do this. Yeah, it was not even a, oh, will I, won't I, did it? you know, you just know. Yes is the answer. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, and yeah. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I, and, and again, I appreciate that massively because I know that currently you have a big, you know, a, a press tour, a busy schedule and you've got a whole bunch of stuff. And probably my dinky little podcast um, <laughs> uh, um, is something that you could quite easily have said. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, but Adam. See, I love what you stand for. But, but, I love but, but, your passion. But, I can tell it through your every word you spoke on your podcast. But you know, but uh, uh, again, you know, that's that, the, the 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 ego to one side, you know, is is got me beaming. You know, my I, I have a big smile right now hearing you say that, and and I really appreciate that. Um, but um, yeah, so so that's what I meant. So I had to really consciously say no to things where I didn't feel if money aside. If I just forgot that, which I did, am I jumping up and down? Is this truly what I'm here to do right now in my life at this point in my life? And the answer to that was often no. So I had to just go, well, I'm going to have to go where I feel I'm of, I'm of service in a different way. Um, and, and that's what I've been doing, really. And that's why in, in, in Los Angeles, it's been a really interesting journey because people just did not know me yeah. for Cure yeah. the Dancer. And honestly, frankly, they couldn't care less. No. You know, they didn't yeah. care. Which was so refreshing to me. Yeah, that's really interesting. But it, but it doesn't mean I don't want to answer your questions. If you've got a burning desire to ask me a question, either from you or from your family, <laughs> do ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll have to ask you those things off air. <laughs> um, um, Camilla, for, 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 for people that, that want to go and um, um, explore this, this notion of reinvention and reinvent me, um, the book available anywhere and everywhere? Yeah, pretty well online, uh, Amazon, of course, um, and uh, some bookstores. But yes, definitely online. Amazon is always a good place. Um, and I will be recording the audio soon, too, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. It will be my yeah. first audio. So are, are you doing your own voice or are you getting someone in? Yeah, that's a funny one, because I one hand, I really love my husband to read it because he's such a good voiceover artist. But on the other hand, I feel that wouldn't be authentic. Mm. So... I, I probably gonna even with my Danish accent. I'm gonna probably struggle along and just make it. Uh, I think you should. I think you should. I think it will be awesome that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, all the all, all my favorite audio books are, are whereby the the author has has, has read it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it a go and just just hope. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a go. Oh, great, <laughs> great, great. Well, well, good luck with with with, with the reinvention and the direction forward and and all of the the busyness that you have coming up. Um, thank, thank you so much for the time invested. Um, I'm, I'm here here on this podcast today. Yeah. Um, thank um, you, Adam. Did you know, by the way, that I've got a couple of reinvent me live workshops coming up as well. Ah, uh, no, no, where, mention those. Where hypnosis will be. Um, very much involved in that too Great. and people can actually reinvent with me live and so uh, they will they can get that information from the zenme.tv website is that right or? yeah i'll be in london two dates in london and one in brighton uh coming up in the next two weeks yeah 
Great, great. So I will make sure that there are links to um, 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 to those on the Hypnosis Weekly website, this edition. Um, go and check those out um, um, and hear, hear, hear plenty more about how to do that. Um, Camilla Sekadala up. thank you for being this week's guest on Hypnosis Weekly. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. I really enjoyed that. It was lovely speaking to Camilla. Um, 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 after we spoke, she even tweeted that it was a real pleasure talking to me. Ha! Not my words, the words of Camilla Saker-Dallarup. Um, excuse me for getting all Alan Partridge-like there. Um, I'm delighted that her popularity is helping shine a positive light on parts of our field. Um, um, good luck going forward, Camilla. On to this week's evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And the fact is this. Self-hypnosis reduces intensity and length of time of recurrent headaches in children. So this is this is actually an uncontrolled study, um, um, which and it's rare of me to, to share an uncontrolled study, but it examined a very long-term follow-up. It was conducted by Cohen and Zajac in 2007, and, and it, it's credible because it retrospectively reviewed the results of 178 patients who were experiencing recurrent headaches between the years of 1988 and 2001, so, you know, a, a, a long period of time. And the authors concluded um, that training in self-hypnosis is associated with significant improvement of chronic headaches in children according to their self-reports prior to and after the self-hypnosis training. And the reports showed a reduction not just in the frequency of headaches from an average of 23.6 hours a week to 3 hours per week. It also showed a, a reduction, great reduction, in the intensity of the headaches that was reduced from an average of 10.3 out of a possible 12 to 4.7. So there you have it. Self-hypnosis reduces intensity and length of time of recurrent headaches in children. You know, really enjoyable paper, that particular one. Um, and a link to that particular research paper is included on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. So... That is it for this week's 85th edition. I do have many more exciting guests that are welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming editions. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating, and above all, remaining friends. Next time out, I welcome a very different type of guest. We're going to be exploring the use of hypnosis in visual art forms with an amazing filmmaker and hypnotist. Be sure to tune in for that. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and questions. So do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website. I'll make sure they are addressed, answered, and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. My sincere thanks again go to Camilla Dallarup, and my thanks to you, as always, for tuning in. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you.